I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I should go. And so it opened up. We're running the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it true. But it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. So we didn't probably need to have professional lip readers to see Lee to know what Liam Sheedy was saying when he was walking off the field. A fucking joke is what Liam uh, was saying walking down the sideline. He wasn't um, very happy. Um, I presume, Paddy, he's talking about the Cahill Barrett sending off. Like, I mean, a desperate first yellow. A yellow, for, for, in my eyes, there wasn't even a foul, let alone a yellow card. Yeah, um, just the first one, all right. Uh, to be fair, I think the second one, when, when you lunge in like that, it's 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 going to be yellow card. That first one, though, unless, you know, was there something that the referee saw flick? But usually if you get a flick in the hand, um, you're kind of you're kind of shaking it afterwards. And, and you know, it is, a, it is a nice little wrap. So I don't know what I was given for the first one. As you said, I couldn't really even see a foul. Um, and I think it is a kind of a... It's a kind of a thing that referees do at the start of a game. I don't know if they're trying to stamp their authority, but sometimes they give out yellows without realizing. Especially if you're playing the full back line, that that is your lifeline. That yellow card, like because you yeah. will have to make a tackle at some stage that can totally, um, you know, compromise it. So it really, really cost Cahill in the end. This was well. That does the thing, JJ. How many times do we see a fella sending off? And the analysis afterwards was the first yellow probably wouldn't have been a yellow. Yeah, hundred percent agree with Paddy. Um, I don't think the first one was anywhere near a yellow card, not even the free, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, look, referees do this, um, but you can Cordell as a cornerback, and people are probably saying um, Carl Barrett should have been kind of wary that he was on the yellow card. But you can't be as as you play the full back line. You have to go if you think you can get the ball. You have to go and attack it as, as much as possible there as well. So you can Cordell. Carl Barrett's game is all about getting out in front, winning the ball, and putting Tipperary on, on the front foot. So if he was Cortelli's game straight away, he can't do that. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I'd say what the referee was thinking, I don't know, lay down the marker, but it was very unfortunate for the person who picks up the yellow card. It's, it's all really good for the other five backs, but the one that picks up the yellow card is on, is on Tim Iceland for the rest of the game. But um, as I said, if you are on that yellow card, you can't let a curtail your game. You have to go out and, as I said, uh, and attack the ball uh, as you're going to, like if you didn't have the yellow card in the first place, you know. Yeah, and to be fair to him, Carl Barrett really for the second one, and you can talk about that. But he was probably making an honest effort to to attack the ball. Liam Sheedy kind of elaborated on it afterwards, Paddy. I don't know what you make of this now, but he says there's loads of referees from various counties, and I just think there was no need to have that situation today. That's uh, Johnny Murphy's from Limerick. I'm right in saying that. He said it should have been a Leinster referee, in my view, but I've no complaints now. Like I mean, he did he did say in the end that ultimately the best team with most scores at the end of the match or end of the match. One, but like I don't, un- I don't really understand that because, like, if you're if he's trying to insinuate, you know, that a Lens, uh, an, a Limerick referee might have, you know, favoured Galway over Tip. Like Limerick have hammered Tip the last two years. Like, I mean, there's an argument for saying that if you're a Limerick referee, you'd want Tip to win rather than Galway. I'd say you're you're kind of spot on there. Um, I can't see it myself. I suppose. Look. I don't see rivalries as a huge thing. Maybe they are this deep embedded things in other people. I, d- I don't know, but um, I just see it as going out. And and at the end of the day, this referee is is out there for himself. Like both sets of fifteen players, he's out there to do the best job he can because he's being adjudicated, and he wa- he eventually wants to referee the All Ireland final. Is that not yeah. his goal like like the rest of us? So I suppose in looking at that, I don't really see the point in it. Um, I did think the referee's performance was just very finicky for both teams. There was lots of incidents where he could have um, just let play go on and, and, and enforce the, uh, the play on rule, advantage rule. And he didn't do it and really suffocated the game itself and made it. I think it would have been even more of a spectacle if he had been um, 
probably a little wiser with his decision making. But as far as what Liam's saying, look, I, I wouldn't see it as an issue at all. I don't think it's anything to, to go back on. I just um, think his performance just, while he was technically actually very good, the fouls, a lot of the fouls he did were quite right. Um, he um, he probably could have used the advantage rule a bit more. Yeah, maybe it's some sort of deflection uh, from Liam Sheedy. It's not like Tipperary were poor on the day. They, play, they played well. But like, I mean, Paddy makes a good point there, JJ. Like, why, why does Murphy want to have a bad game and not get the All-Ireland? Like, they have their own ambitions and, you know, like teams do. Yeah, great point from Paddy. Like, like, any referees out there that's refereeing Intercounty at the moment, they want the big gig. The big gig is the All-Ireland final at the end of the year. So they're not going to do anything that will hurt them as well. So, no, I, I can't see the referee going out and look... In what name she is trying to insinuate that um, I don't know did, did the referee go against him or not? I, I don't know, but a couple of decisions now which which look down through the last few games have been the hand pass rule, which is they're blowing that a lot. Um, a lot of them are just hand passes, and the odd few they get right, but they're blowing a lot more for for actually hand passing than than throwing the ball itself as well. So a couple of things like that. They're, they look, but they're being consistent without with the games throughout the, the championship so far. So. I, I didn't see him being overly harsh on, on Tipperary. Fair enough, take the first yellow card for for Cottle Barrett as he spoke but previously. But that would be just probably setting him setting down the marker for the rest of the game. But I didn't see he was overly kind of hard on Tipperary, to be honest. No, no, I didn't. What did you make of Aina Murphy's last puck out, um, Paddy? What a great idea. This is rugby. This is going for touch. Like, I mean, what a, what a brilliant idea at that stage of the game. I haven't seen much of that before. No, and I, I would think it's a good idea. I know people say, God, you ruined the game. I, I don't care with 30 seconds to go. You do what you can. And often you're in a great attacking mode when you're defending a deep uh, sideline because it's actually a really hard ball to win for. Yeah. Coming at a, a tough trajectory, coming very hard and you have extra men back. So definitely, well, I often was playing a match where... Um, uh, where you know puck outs were raining back in you know when when, when the other team were on their own and often went to their own um, goalkeeper would hit the ball out over the line maybe as far as he could and let's get ourselves set so I'd say maybe you'll get one or two teams doing it after that so it was it was using the head and I don't know did they have somebody behind the goals or was it a pre predisposed thing but uh, yeah very very smart thinking very smart from an inexperienced uh, goalkeeper and like that point JJ like I mean a sideline is not a good attacking position really for a team to be in no, because look, you're you're, a set, you're six sets of back in your midfield, and you're even your half Ireland can come back and fill as many gaps as you can. I know Ronan Mars is looking brilliant to sidelines as well, but uh, yeah, look, you can you can set your positions, and you're expecting the ball to come in from from a sideline. Whereas if you poke the ball in open play, you don't know where it's going to go, you don't know who's going to win it, or where the ball is going to go after that then as well. So yeah, look, it's it's something that look you win at all cost. It makes no difference. Ian Murphy is, is, is uh, very, very good for the Gobble lads at the moment, all right? You know what I mean? But if the ball had came back down and he had a goal or a point off it, he could have been scapegoated, you know what I mean? So it's, it's all about winning the game at the end of the day. And, and you do during that 70 minutes to justify winning the game, look, it's, it's relevant then, you know? Yeah, here's here's one I'm going to have to ask you, Paddy, because you're a tip man. Um, and this is about Brendan Cummins. And he says it an awful lot. And I don't hear any other co-commentator or analyst saying he planted his feet. Is that a, is that a just a Brendan Cummins-ism or is this uh, something that is, you know, is this used in hurling dressing rooms? Uh, well, I would have heard definitely things like that used where he didn't keep his feet moving or he planted his feet whatever in whatever situation. A lot of the time, it's probably not a good thing because it means you're probably a slow striker or somebody has a chance to hook you. Um, then it can right. be good if you're if you're given a ball on your own, you plant your feet to get a good base and you strike it over the bar or a good ball down the field. So I've definitely heard it used before. Maybe it was Cummins that used it in the dressing room. I don't know, but um, <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't hear him doing it. But I certainly, as a cornerback, don't want to be caught with my with my feet planted or whatever. Is that the way he said it? Your feet yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, no, I don't, yeah, I I don't suppose- want to be caught with that. No, I suppose, JJ, if you stop to plant your feet, you're going to get hooked. So it's a, a lot of players don't ever have the opportunity. Maybe goalkeepers plant their feet on every one, and that's why he often says it in his co-commentary. Yeah, look, I have heard it before right now, and yeah, if a forward plants their feet, the, the, the cornerback or the wingback is nowhere near him, so that's where a bigger issue as well. Like you know, but It's just so you can steady, you're, you're completely imbalanced there as well, so... When you hit the ball, you've all your string going through the, the ball itself as well. So, yeah, I've heard, I have heard it before, right? But, yeah, look, if, if you are caught, plant your feet. When you have the ball, you're grand. You can, you can hit the ball. You've got a bit of space to hit the ball. But if you can't plant your feet when you're, you're, after, you're trying to run after someone, it's a different issue whatsoever, you know. 
Yeah, you'd probably in a forwards you wouldn't have time usually probably to to plant your feet. We saw something in this game, lads, that we don't often see, um, Paddy. Like, I mean, how many managers down through the years have told you, especially at underage level, have you ever seen a referee change his mind? And we had we had Murphy ca- catching was it Sh- Shane Cooney for catching it twice, and as the ter- I thought he'd got the call right until I saw the replay. It happened so fast that the ball dropped. And in fairness to Murphy, he overruled himself. Well, if that's why he was overruling it for, then I think there, I, I'd like to see more of it. Do you know what I mean? I, I do think I thought what he was catching him for was steps at first because I thought he held on to the ball an awful length of time down just under the stand there. But um, if it was for the double catch, and obviously he didn't, he dropped the ball, I think, and then he got it up again or, or whatever happened. But but I think it should be used more. And in fairness, you kind of see it coming in now. If there's a goal mount scramble in hurling football, you see the, the referee going into his umpires who at times now, I don't know what they can see, but at least they're looking for some bit of input. Um, and I think that can only be positive, you know, in the absence of sort of technology that probably won't ever get used in GA. Yeah, I think they are. They are. That's right, JJ. They are starting to run into the rumpers, maybe run across to the linesman to make sure they're getting the decisions right. Yeah, they're giving themselves more time. Um, even you've seen the one Tip and Limerick that started in first round of the championship or the quarter final championship, and uh, with John McGrath's goal, and the, he, the referee took all the time in the world there and talked, they spoke to umpires and, and linesman and still got it wrong. You know, <laughs> so it, uh, but no, he, he done the right thing. To be fair, he always kind of uh, if you can buy yourself that couple, you can blow the whistle. You don't have to make decisions straight away. Blow the whistle and then you know the, the, there's a break in play and then just take your time and make sure it's right because it could cost the team um, the, the match there as well. But yeah, look, I'd be all for... Look, it's all dependent on the personality of the referee as well. If he can admit he's wrong, some people will blow the whistle knowing his whole, whole heart that he's wrong and but he won't reverse it. You know that kind of way. So it's dependent on the personality of the referee there as well. Yeah, no, it probably is. I saw one other bit of skill before we get into talking about this game was um, from Jason Ford. It was for a Noel McGrath point, Paddy, and the ball was going in high to him. And instead of trying to catch it or bring it down in his hand, he just batted it back into the middle to McGrath. And it's again, you don't see that very often. And how effective is that just to keep it in play and knock it back in? Very effective. Um, and actually, I watched a little bit of the Kildare and Down match and there was something like that in the first half as well. And I think, look, it's very... A lot of lads are set in their own ways and a lot of lads are good to catch the ball or they're good to, you know, use a certain side. But I think, some, you know, what, what you want in a player is a bit of variety uh, and thinking on his feet. And I think Tip, if you're not, not going into too much of the analysis of it, but Tip have to do that, I think. Um, and and that's how they stay in a lot of the games because I don't think, you know, I've been saying in a couple of years, they probably don't have the physical talent that other teams have speed-wise, height, strength, but they have an awful lot of um, smart hurlers and an awful lot of skillful hurlers. And Jason is certainly, certainly one of those. And I suppose when they're linking himself and Noel, they, you know, there's no better to either of them. And um, yeah, super bit of super bit of imagination. Yeah, it definitely was. We'll get into talk about this game a little bit here, uh, JJ. So it obviously finished up Galway 223, Tipperary 224, a a two-point win. Like, I mean, the big talking point for me in this game was during the game, you had Shane O'Neill at halftime taking off David Burke and Johnny Cohen. Like, what big calls they were. Like, David Burke had a very good first half as a sweeper. He used the ball brilliantly. Now, usually if a manager says, that's grand, we're playing with the wind in the second half, we'll will do away with the sweeper, you would just move David Burke up into his normal, you know, orthodox wing forward role. Like, I mean, he took him off and Johnny Cohen off and, and brought on Jason Flynn and, and Tuhi. Yeah, but look to me, looking back in the second half, it, it didn't weaken the team whatsoever as well. Um, Jason Flynn came on, he scored a point and then Adrian Tuhi was, I'd say Adrian Tuhi came on to man Mark Noel McGrath. Noel McGrath got a couple of points there as well um, and he's out around the middle of the field near the end of the half there as well. So, I'd say he just come on, just have fresh legs in around that area too. But like Adrian Tui got the ball, and he, I think he threw it into Aiden Hart for the goal as well. So they made all made a contribution to the to the thing. But it shows the strength and depth that Galway panel have as well. And I think David Burke came on against Kenny as well, and in fifteen twenty minutes he got a couple of points, and he kind of put a he had a lot of ball in the first half as well. But he was back, he was kind of sweeping, I suppose, in the first half really, and he was getting a lot of puck outs. But maybe they're just trying to mix it up and put someone else sweeping there as well. Um, but I thought the, the two of them worked very hard. Johnny Cohen got a great score in the first couple of minutes as well. If you were getting a couple of points from midfield, you think, Jesus, I'm okay. I'll definitely get into the second half here now. But yeah. they whipped them off at half time. And what a statement by um, by the management team. And look, going into the next game as well, people will be making sure whatever minutes they have on the field to make the most of it. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know, Paddy, if I agree with this. I know they won the game and everything, but Jesus, tactics are gone to a stage now where you're taking off two all-stars that are playing well. 
Yeah, I, uh, especially I thought um, David Burke was having a big influence, certainly around that middle patch when Galway were doing well. I thought it was because he was he was becoming uh, in control around the half-back line. Geez, Tip, Tip were kind of clueless at that stage, and Galway were making him clear it long, and, and, and inevitably it was Burke that was there every time. But um, I thought he was actually injured, because I, I thought he was hurling well. Um, but maybe they said they want more power and pace and although Jenny Cohen is quite quick he might be as big as the guys that are coming in and David Burke you know I played against David Burke in 2010 so he's on he's on the road a little while now he's been suffering an injury so maybe they just wanted to get as much as they could out of in, in one half and then unleash the hounds we'll say in the second half and in fairness they're two very very experienced players two All-Ireland winners uh, who contributed hugely in 2017 so it was it was probably a big big chance to take because it was very close at half time. But um, I suppose look at uh, I don't know was that the winner of the game, but it didn't do many harm. I'd say second half. Yeah, no, it didn't. Like I mean, Galway obviously um, played really well for a lot of the first half, and you thought they were really in it. Uh, JJ and Tipperary took over just before half time, and you're wondering have Tipperary done enough now to hold on to? And Galway started the second half poorly, and you're kind of thinking, right, this looks like it's it's going in Tipperary's favour. Yeah, but looking back in the game, I think you know, even in the first half, Tip drove a few wides that they'll be to absolutely kick themselves if they go and had a couple of chances there as well and drove them wide. Um, but if they had got them, there was always kind of um, three points within the couple of teams there as well. But if they got it out to maybe four or five, uh, when Tipperary were on top, it could have been a different game completely, you know. But um, look, Tipperary started very, very well again with Cal Lynch. He just turned the sixth. I know that he worked slip, but geez, the turn, he's, he turned so quick for the goal and straight into the side and there's a great finish there as well but that, that kind of kicked that Tipperary team on there as well but um, yeah I'd say to be looking back at it now when they when they examining the whole 70 minutes a few wise that they drove in the first half I think they will they'll, they'll rule them a few chances that they missed Yeah Paddy JJ mentioned the, the Tipperary start and the, the few uh, chances that they missed like I mean I suppose Tipperary good start good finish to the half in the first half and Galway the better team in between that Yeah uh, strange one I think when you're when you're struggling coming into the game, I think Tip needed a good start because if Galway, I think Galway played Tip in the 17 league final and got a great start and just kind of annihilated him after that. And I think Tip needed to be in the lead or in around it early on because um, I don't think we've the legs to be chasing the game. Um, and Galway, Galway are a powerful team, but it was a worry. And 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 then they started the second half well as well. And I think you can muster up the energy. Um, at the start of the half but I think as it was going on we're finding harder and harder and of course when um, when Cahill got the line then you know you're, you're you're just plugging holes all over the team but um, I think they'd be happy enough with their performance but look I, I don't think they got to the pitch of the play this year really 100% you couldn't say they really that was you know, great performance in any of the matches. So I don't know. You can't have too many complaints. The reason Cahill got sent off really, apart from the poor first decision, is because there was ball coming in that they were finding very hard to deal with. If you look at a couple of the goals, it was it wasn't luck. You know, even we said that James's goal, Dahi Burke slipped. Um, so it wasn't like we were absolutely cutting them apart. I think Galway were probing, and 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 Cahill was under pressure back there because they were getting kind of a mountain of ball in. They were probably hitting some good balls as well. Yeah, I think like, I mean, that's, that's a fair point. I thought Galway were the better team, JJ. But like Liam Sheedy said, like they might be out, but he says we fought like champions. We went out like champions. And that's really all I can ask. When you're against a quality side like Galway, it's always going to be nip and tuck. And they're down to 14 men. Galway get the goal, follow it up with another point. And instead of Tipperary thrown in the towel at that stage, they got it back to a point. And, you know, like we're putting Galway under a lot of pressure to draw it up. Yeah, no, looking first to Bray, they haven't done that in the last two games. You go take, back, take go back to the court game there as well. And, Parker well in that game and, and Tipper played with a, a gale force wind. But they came out and um, they took over the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half again, Tipper did, you know. So, yeah, they, they had a response, you know, they can win. But unfortunately, Galway were, were probably a better team than, than Cork themselves as well. So, yeah, Tipperary had the response. It made it harder going down to 14 there as well. But look, they did dive their, with their boots on, which Liam Sheedy will be very, very happy with. But Still, if you look back on it, they could have nicked the game as well. Like, you know, the kind of way, a small thing you, you could be talking about, Tipperary being in Ireland to me find there this morning, you know what I mean? But look, God will ground it out all right now and, and got a few scores. And look, they took a, an eight and a half goal to, to finish off. Well, not finish off, God nearly get God nearly to the line there as well. So you wouldn't predict that before the game, to be honest. No, and like I mean, I suppose when you look at it, Paddy, the two Tipperary goals. I'm trying to make the point that Galway were probably a better team, but Tipperary, you know, fought and stayed in the game because you mentioned the Callan 
goal came from a mistake. The Bonner-Mar goal came from Shane Cooney, kind of slipped and made a bit of a balls of clearing clearing uh, uh, a ball. And then you look at the Galway goals, like Carl Mannion's, a really well-worked goal, like Hart up to Whelan, to Cooney, to Mannion. How he generated that kind of power, you know, from that, you would say poor defending from O'Mara. And then the other goal, it was Hart to Cooney, a great crossfield ball. Whelan could have gone for a point, but he goes for the goal and Cannon with Gal- and then the Hart goal was an outstanding goal. You know, Galway worked their goals much better. I think so. They, they, they did. I know one of them, I think it was Mannion's, might have been a small bit of luck that we got a good block. Paddy Maher got a good block down and it might have trickled to Galway guy and in, in for the goal. But as you said, I don't think uh, uh, Niall will be too happy. You know, I know in that position, JJ, I don't know how he deals with it. I kind of like to give him the insight so they think that they're going to they're gonna get in there. They think they're going to run through it and you quickly close them off and you use the end line to push them out against it. But I suppose Niall looked a little bit tired there and, and, and a little nice step now from... Um, Nice step from Mannion uh, and buried it. But uh, the other goals, then I suppose, look, Tip did work some good chances, but I just felt they're under pressure. If you look at if you look at Whelan's goal, like I think Ronan will be disappointed because the ball was a kind of a speculative ball across. It wasn't even really a pinpoint ball. It just dribbled across the 21 and there was no Tip player actually attacking the ball. Um, I know Liam Sheedy from when I was under 16, it was always preaching attack the ball and attack the ball. And I think it was a sign that we were under pressure in the back line. We were kind of following our men. And, you know, uh, Cahill Baird or Ronan Maher would have been busting out in front of his man uh, if it was another day reading the play. Yeah, that, was uh, kind then, of, and, that was kind of an unorthodox ball that he put across, though, wasn't it? It was. But, you know, I know as a, as a cornerback, you're always on your toes because you're nearly more on your toes to think a ball might come across to get an old steal off, off a bad ball in. Like, I, I'm always thinking like that, that that ball could be hit across now. I'd be take that step because there was no there was no need to be behind your man really as such. Um, but even when he got the ball, Whelan, um, I think that Ronan kind of dived in too much because he, he had every advantage, Whelan. Like, so at that stage, you wanted him just to throw it over the bear because when he gets running at you, you're in trouble. And, you know, he turned quickly and Ronan had committed himself. And I think he'd be disappointed with that goal. Yeah, no, like, I mean, like, the Tipperary forwards were doing all that rotating thing, JJ, that, which yeah. something that you'd be well used to from playing with Tipperary. I think that's, um, that's a tactic that they've done for, for a long, long time under O'Shea. Is it O'Shea kind of coaches that? Yeah, he'd be the forwards coach there as well. And yeah, you could be a marking one tip guy and, and you can look around, see where the ball is and some of this is the same beside him as well. But uh, yeah, look, um, with the start Callan had and then you have to give full credit to Dottie Burke as well for the full-backs union here as well. But he absolutely dominated after that as well. So if I, again, to really looking back on it, all oh, really good looking back on it at the moment, but I would have got Callan out of there. I know they brought him out to half forward and try and get, I would have brought him out away from Dottie Burke because when Dottie Burke got on top of him, he, he was a huge boost to the Galway team there as well that he was winning most ball he cut the ball over his head at one stage and then a uh, ball was popped in in front of Callan and Dottie Burke was out there as well he, he bet him every way after the, after the goal itself so I would have brought Callan maybe out around centre forward or some of that and get him involved in the game a small bit more but um, again looking back it's, it looks very very easy to say but just to go back on um, Galway's goal as well Conor Cooney just yeah he was over silent he was just keeping the ball into play that's all he was but he, Conor Whelan's kind of left-handed hurler so he kind of let the ball Cross his body and he could he controlled it with left hand and turned at the same time so he turned around Amar and controlled the ball at the same time so the ball was on at that particular stage you know so I thought it was a great bit of skill from Conor Whelan to be honest Yeah he's so important to that system isn't he and the way Galway play Conor Whelan Paddy Ah he is look he's without the likes of him he's kind of your version of Galan I suppose on that team without him it, it, it probably doesn't take as much because no. you can hit a lot of hard ball into him um, and I don't care he's the sort of player I'm sure JJ is the same doesn't like marking him because they'll, he's strong enough to fight any lad really he's tallish he's not too tall so he's still low to the ground for the low ball and every time he'll take you on he's not like a lot of players who kind of want to dance out in front of you and just kind of pop it over the shoulder they kind of give you a chance but I think if he runs at you more or less a lot of time he's going to get at least a foul if not a goal chance if not a pint so at, at the minute he's probably one of the forwards in Ireland that you want on your team up there with um, probably with TJ Reid because he can do so much yeah, he did. What, what about performance of the weekend here, lads? Um, like, I mean, Aidan Hart, uh, JJ, like, I mean, everybody would have been shouting at him, don't shoot, don't shoot. He just <laughs> stuck, he, he just put one in the goalie's hands, like, with the wind, you know, which was a bad one. He gave a great interview um, after the game. Like, the Jesus, the finish there was was outstanding. Yeah, look, he went toe to toe with, with Jay Morris. I think he was kind of man-marking him for the whole game there as well. And, look, he found himself in position. Look, he did play in the in midfield and half-back, so... 
he's probably was familiar enough with it, but Jesus, even yeah, I was kind of saying to him, looking at him, taking a shot, I said, Jesus, this better go in or else you're, you're, you're going to be lit when you go back to Galway. But yeah, it was a great finish into the bottom corner, but again, many of the goals of the weekend as well, you're kind of hitting him into the ground and using conditions to skid off the surface there as well into the bottom corner. So, unbelievable finish, but great servant, a great response there from himself as well. He was he was dropped for the Leicester final, he came back in and done, done a fine job there yesterday or on Saturday. A, yeah, it's a fair old killer instinct there, Paddy, because like, he could be forgiven for tapping it over the bar there. That puts one in it. That does, yeah. Uh, I'd say, I think when he came on the scene first, he was wing forward for Galway. So I'd say, somehow or other, he doesn't take corner back for his club. He's probably... Oh, he's taking centre forward. I think he plays centre forward for them. Yeah, so I, he didn't look like a lad who was his first time. I can imagine if I tried to go for it now, where the ball would be. He's <laughs> still looking for it, I'd say. But, um, no, it was brilliant. And he, what happened was, I think, I'm not sure which, maybe it was Brendan Maher came across to try and block him. But it's often those ones where the backman is trying to block it and he blocks the keeper's view. And I'd say Hogan's uh, view was impaired slightly. And he didn't look like he saw it until the end. I'd say otherwise, if he had a clear view of it, you know, he'd be disappointed with it. But I'd say he was completely blocked by whoever was jumping in. Yeah, he seemed to. Cahal Mannion has to be another one. Um, for me, he was the man. For me, he was the man of the match. I thought missed one or two chances. One, three. Like I mean, he's just this lad's a Rolls Royce altogether, JJ, isn't he? Ah, uh, look, when you get him in space, he's just so hard, Mark. You know, looking away. And then since he came out to the half forward line, midfield stroke area, there's loads of space out there. So he, he's after flourishing. He's so good, right or left. He doesn't have to stop to hit the ball. He can actually hit the ball and run 60, 70, 80 yards. And he, he's very, very accurate. I know he missed a couple and. He was a student mom with the linesman there as well. He thought one went over the bar, which, which is a great sign for a forward as well. But look, one three f- from play as well. But the goal wasn't on. Um, like, it was just, he could have took the score or passed it back out, but he didn't. He kind of lived the little jink and dummy and went in back in. But when he got in the right inside, he had one, one idea in his mind and straight for the goal. And he hit an absolute rasper as well. But a uh, brilliant, brilliant player. And look, he's better he's getting in the last couple of years, to be honest. Is, uh, is, he, is that his good side? Because he scores a lot off his left-hand side. I don't think he has a bad side, to be honest with you. <laughs> he's so hard, Mark. One of these guys know that. Don't be an idea if you go out marking someone that right they have a favourite side, but whichever side he goes on, whichever side the ball can afford to, he can hit the ball equally as, as accurately and as comfortably on either side. You know, he gives it order. Yeah, he's definitely not one Brendan Cummins can say plants his feet, Paddy. No, <laughs> no, no, not really. No, but he's um, he's one of those. At the, in the half hour line midfield he's more dangerous than if he goes inside I think he's not particularly explosive off the mark but if you get him in, he just pops up and you mightn't see him in a dirty ball you mightn't see him sort of break a tackle and lay a score but he'll just he's an, an unbelievable finisher um, and usually you know you say geez was Cahill Mannion playing today he could have you know four or five points scored and Every team needs him um, because you can have all the workers in the world, but if you don't have a finisher like that, you're you know you're just only so far you can go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Dahi Burke probably deserves a mention as well, JJ. You've always yeah. already touched on him after a shaky start. It was interesting to see Tipperary kind of target Callanan on Dahi Burke. Would there have been a history there, or would Callanan fancy taking taking on Burke? I'd say Callum fancy taking on anyone to be honest with yeah. you regarding the, the size, physicality, speed and he has and the quality of all I suppose is what Callum needs really more than anything but um, yeah look he done well in the first goal and then I think he got Dottie Burke got blue for a harsh free there straight after but in fairness to that, that would have been hard to take for, for any man but any full back especially against Callum but after that then he just took over the whole game there as well and he was the one to burst up the field to hand yeah. pass to um, to Brian Concanon when, when Cottle Barrett got the, the second yellow there as well so he wasn't just happy with defending at that particular time he was just kind of attacking up the field there as well so he's look he's an animal he's, he's a brilliant brilliant full back um, I think Galway Galway missed him in, in the first couple of games um, showed how good he was in the Leicester final there as well so um, look he's, he's, he's he, I love just kind of I'm looking forward to next week now with his his battle with um, Aaron Galano is going to be just, well, we're watching on its own, you know. Oh, yeah, we look forward to that uh, for, for Thursday's show. What about on the Tipperary side, Paddy? I have a, um, I have Alan Flynn and Shamie Callanan kind of in that. Maybe Dan McCormack as well? Yeah, I think you're, you're fairly you're fairly on the money there. You know, you'd have to say Alan Flynn had a great game, probably tip standout player by a good margin let's say and kind of he's found it difficult he played corner back when he came in first he's done a bit wing back trying to midfield now because he is a quality hurler We've, I've seen that with his club over the last few years and, and maybe midfield will be the spot for him but he certainly he certainly put his stamp on the game the other day and he's not the biggest and he's not the fastest or strongest but he's, he's a very good hurler and tenacious but put out a few nice scores and really did well I thought um, I thought Jamie did well enough when he got good ball 
he did well, but Dyke works very hard, man, to mark if it's if it's high ball in. But they probably hit too much direct ball in and in, um, and got you know the way it flatters to deceive. If you hit a couple of balls in early and it goes well, people keep on horsing it down. And I don't think Tahi Burke is the man to do that. But uh, yeah, them two did well. And of course, you know, Dan, I, my club mate, I think last two games he'd been his best two games for Tipperary, and maybe he got left off in the Limerick match and. Maybe, I don't know that it's back something in his head, but he's done really, really well and very strong player. And um, yeah, they did well now. But uh, I would say, you know, a couple of lads who, you know, Bonner Maher is only back from injury and, and a whole year out and then another injury. I thought he did well to be even there and fighting. And Padraig Maher as well, I said here before, had a, had an injury. I still thought he had a very, very good game the other day. And, and we know that he's only coming back to, to fitness. He was even hampered during the club, club season. So, you know, I'd be, you know, a special mention for them as well. They're on the road a long time. I suppose if man of the match was given at half time, JJ Noel McGrath probably would have got it. And he went out of the game then in the second half. Like he was fairly pissed off, you know, walking off the field. Are there some fellas you just don't take off? Should you just move Noel McGrath somewhere else? You know, he was moving around a few different positions in the first half. I don't think so, no, because even against in the Cork match, he, he was took off there as well. Like, you know, the kind of way. So I'd say Liam Sheedy, obviously, I don't know about the garden fitness or is he carrying an injury? I don't know what the situation was. But look, if you got a loose ball in play, he scored, which he did the other day. He got four points from play. Great score. But I don't think he can, he can carry someone. Um, if obviously Liam Sheedy had somebody said that if he's playing an offense, suppose with the GPS kind of trackers on your back now at the moment, you can't hide from anyone, you know, the kind of way. So that's. That's a, I'm just delighted I wasn't there when I was around. I think GPS there, and I thank God. But um, yeah, no, look, it wasn't his best season. He was, he was kind of looking for a bit of form. He scored a couple of points from play, but he wasn't dictating the play like like what he was doing from previous years as well. So I'd say Noel needs a, he needs a rest. He's a hard club campaign, both hurling and football as well. So I think he needs a rest over the winter now as well. And even the first half of the league, wouldn't play him. Just get him fit and get back for the championship again next year. Yeah, no, and like I mean, it's it's one thing I say, Paddy, is that usually you you kind of maybe butter Noel McGrath up by bringing John on for him, so he won't be too pissed off if the brothers coming on for him. But that didn't work anyway. But I, no, I do take the point. They had the heartbreak of two desperate county final losses, two games that they probably should have won, and then just a week after week after week, and like Noel McGrath and John McGrath are better than the form they're showing. Like that has caught up on them. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's a bit much you know coincidence that the two of them are probably struggling a little bit, um, and I think whatever did they play eleven or twelve weeks in a row, ten or eleven weeks in a row between hurling football, losing two county finals in that time, playing extra time in the in the hurling one, you know, it, it absolutely saps the body. Like I would have watched the hurling county final, and I thought uh, they both looked, they both played really well, but looked a little bit tired, you know, where their skill is usually unquestionable they would miss a couple of touches or miss the odd score that they usually would never ever miss um, and you could see that this year you know they, they owe nothing to tip but as JJ said I'd say rest there's no harm for the mind and the body um, but look uh, I think there's lots left to know really I, I don't think he ever relied on pace he, you know he didn't rely on any of the physical stuff he's just so skillful so get him rested and get him back on but um, I don't know about leaving him on either I mean it works other days where you take you know John McGrath came off against Cork early and, and uh, Willie Connors did really well so when it comes off it's brilliant and when it doesn't come off you know we're talking about it on a Monday yeah, no, exactly right. Well, I'm giving performance the weekend to Cahill Mannion and Aiden, Aiden, maybe you could give a joint award, Aiden Hart, who was very good uh, throughout as well. Cahill Mannion for me, um, absolutely outstanding. And when he's in that kind of form, he's almost impossible to stop. Right, we'll leave it there, lads, and we'll come back and we'll look at the other games. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do. No, we don't. Um, but well, you what, didn't what, let Shamey talk at a at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. No, absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go well, ahead, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But well, if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. All right, so Waterford fairly convincing winners over Clare um, on Saturday. This game was kind of over, JJ, when Tony Kelly rolled his ankle, um, did a fairly bad job on it. And according to Brian Lowen after the game, did it in the warm up before that. So, like, I mean, you know, if you do your an- the same ankle twice, I've, d- I've done it myself. You've weakened it the first time and you do it the second time. It's an awful lot worse. 
Yeah, I was actually down on the sideline there as well for the match on with Sky at the weekend, and he happened actually happened right in front of us, and he was screaming the pain that man was in. I thought the ankle was broke. Now he was screaming so much. To be honest with you, I was kind of I was amazed he came back on the field. To be fair, like I kept an eye on him over with fifteen twenty minutes after just to see how he's like, and he kind of took a shot and he came all his weight kind of went back on the right foot there again and. And he was just, he didn't, he was hobbling around the place. He wasn't happy with, with, with where it was, you know. And unfortunately, because he started well, um, he got a point straight off Callum Lines. But Callum Lines was detailed in my mark and wherever he went, Callum Lines was going to follow him, no matter where he went that, that afternoon. But certainly that ankle injury made Callum Lines' job a small bit easier. Yeah, no, he definitely did. I've done my ankle loads of times, Paddy. I don't know about you. Like, I mean, there's ankle injuries where you can go over on the ankle and Jesus, the pain of it is really, really bad. But after a minute or two, it wears off and you can get back on and you're grand. Then you can maybe do it more severe, like what it looked like Tony did. And you might need to get it strapped up and, you know, it's throbbing a little bit. Again, you can play on it. It wouldn't stop you playing, but it's very, very rare when you do it the second time, when you keep it, when you have to strap it up, that you actually play well. Yeah, no, I, I, unfortunately, like yourself, I've done my ankle every different way I can. I was, I was told I don't have any ligaments left or so loose, so I, I know exactly how it feels. But um, it, if this was the first time he ever did his ankle, maybe it is, then it is fair pain. Or he never did it, maybe he didn't do it too often. It is so painful when you do it the first time. You actually think it's broke because there's a little click off your ankle, but I think that's some sort of cap that, that lets out all the fluid or the blood. It is just the worst. So um, it's happened to me actually before a match and I've played on and it's it's horrendous. Now, I didn't do it the second time like he did, but if you do it the second time, you're fairly finished. Uh, you could see him. He's not too bad. He wasn't too bad in a straight line, but unfortunately, yeah. it's not track and field uh, hurling. So you have, to, you have to be twisting and turning in it. And I mean, Minute you go to twist and turn, sure you're in absolute agony. So I don't know. I mean, I, I probably would have. I probably would have kept him on like Brian Lawn did, and and shoved him into a corner or, or put him in a role where you're at least taking a man out of the way and maybe put him right into the corner and create maybe six or five forwards with a lot of space. But um, it is you know it is hard. Your best player like. You know that he was he was the real lightning rod this year. And you know if the, if the roles were reversed and tied, the Burke got injured. Maybe water would fall apart, falling apart. So I take your point. It was it was always going to be an uphill uphill struggle when he wasn't um, when he wasn't playing to his potential. Yeah, and uh, Callum Callum Lyons uh, marked him as you said, JJ. I have to hold my hands up and blow my own trumpet. I called this uh, last uh, Thursday. Not that it was any kind of left field one, but I have to ask you on the Sky commentary: What was Nicky English smoking before he went on the co-commentary? <laughs> he, he he suggested he suggested Austin Gleeson, Mar- man mark Tony Kelly. Do you have your best forward running around after Tony Kelly all day? Yeah, no, it, was a, it was a surprise, to be honest. And when, <laughs> when the camera came down to James, he even alluded to that. Jeez, I wasn't expecting that from, from Nicky all right now. But look, it was our left field, to be fair, but I, I didn't think that was ever going to happen now, to be honest with you. It was either going to be Callum Lines or, or Kieran Bennett was going to pick him up. But no, Callum Lines, he started and, and Tony Kelly got a, a great score. Now, fair to Tony Kelly, he got a brilliant score in the second half as well, just to show what he could do if, if he was right. But um, no, that time he went over the ankle. He hadn't a strap before the game, so when he took off the socks there, um, when he'd done it during the game, he had to get a strap in all right now, but he went back on. It was just too much for him. But look, Claire did give a response for 10, 15 minutes and say the likes of um, Aaron Shannon definitely stood up. Shane O'Donnell got a couple of points there as well, which he wasn't scoring up to that. So they did have a response, but they needed Tony playing at the top, top of his game. And unfortunately, that injury curtailed yeah, here's another one for you. We talked about Noel McGrath getting taken off and that's fa- that's that's fair enough. He'd gone out of the game in a very tight game. Now, Austin Gleeson was taken off again, Paddy, after 66 minutes. Now, I don't want to question Liam Cal. I'm a huge fan of his. He's transformed Waterford into back kind of believing in them again. But I just want to throw this with you. That game was over at that stage. Would you have just left Gleeson on, you know, just to tell him he's back into form, et cetera, et cetera, rather than taking off your, your talisman? Now, I accept him getting taken off against Limerick he had gone out of it and Waterford were still in that game but would you have done it on Saturday? It depends I don't know are they are they wondering is he a bit of a risk for next weekend do they want him to you know often you see a match the last 10 minutes is when injuries are picked up or when extra fatigue so maybe they feel like he's a heavier not he, not fat at all obviously but he's a bigger man than a lot of them on the team so maybe they're trying to save him for the week after um, or maybe the other thing is to let him know he's just one of the lads on the team he's just part of the team I thought his performance the other day was the most encouraging he's given for a long time uh, if you remember I think the two goals Claire, Claire scored first puck out came out he came made himself available bang straight over the bar with a nice shot and then the next one 
he caused a turnover. I think they got free from it where his shoulder led onto the ground and he actually looked like he was looking for a bit more work on the day. But I don't know, is that a result of Liam Cal saying, look, at the end of the day, you're part of the six. You're one of the six in the forward line. You're not the forward line. And maybe this is a little bit part of it, but possibly the game is over. You need Aston Gleeson. If they're to win in All-Ireland, you know, Aston Gleeson will have to be going fairly well and maybe they needed a little bit more recovery. Uh, right, maybe that's it. You were down the sideline, JJ. He had a point ruled out in the first half. It looked very harsh. Did you get a good view of that? Um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was over as well. I when I seen it, to be honest with you. Was it? Yeah, just to double on what, what Paddy said. His, his work rate was, was, was very, very good. Kieran Bennett, or sorry, Stephen Bennett started um, centre forward where Austin was in full forward. And I kind of think it kind of suited him a bit more because he can actually know where the ball is going on, so he can actually go out and attack the ball there as well. He's not restricted to full forward either and he will do a lot good bit of damage in there too to be fair so I think yeah, it was a good stroke by Liam Cal because um, Stephen Bennett does a lot of work himself anyway and he, he goes deep down the field looking for the ball and then that gives that conundrum to the centre back do it, does he stay or does he go but obviously the clear centre back let him off down the field but Stephen had a couple of long range efforts at the goal as well but it suits the likes of Desi Hutchinson as well just to have a big man like Austin Leeson in there as well and that might take a bit of attention from like if the cornerback's looking at Austin Beeson in full back in full forward, that takes his attention away from the guy he's marking as well. But and Desi kind of um, came up trumps there last Saturday night as well. Oh, he definitely did. His pass to Fagan for the goal, like it was like a cross in soccer, Paddy. Like I mean, it was a fantastic uh, pass, and Taylor's pass to McInerney for a clear goal was just just like the skill in hurling level or the level of skill in hurling has gone through the roof completely. Um, like here's a question for you on that Fagan goal. So, like I think they might they might have commented this uh, in, in the commentary or where it's after coming into my head. It was a sideline ball, and it was a sideline ball down to Stephen Bennett, and the ball broke down to Hutchinson who flicked it across, like. I don't know. Was I mentioned in the commentary? Is that a would that have been a set play? Like, do do hurling teams do set plays? Because you would do them in Gaelic football sometimes from sideline balls. And I know traditionally you wouldn't do a set play in hurling. It used to always be just get it in there. But I'm wondering now that you know it's a lot more going through the lines and passes. Like often a set play in Gaelic football from a sideline might be two or three forwards run towards the ball, you know, and one will go over the top then to someone else. Like, are we going to see this in hurling, or is it? it, it do things like that happen? Or am I reading too much into it? I don't know if that was a set play, but I definitely think it is coming into it because the more people are mastering all the skills, and as you said, that 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 um, pass for for was it Ryan, Ryan Taylor's pass was phenomenal. The take and pass that's what made the goal. But um, the, for Hutchinson's goal uh, pass into Fagan, um, yeah, I don't know was that, but I definitely do think it is going to become perfect because the more we're getting better, the more improving physically, the more improving skillful wise. There's small little bits that people want to improve and try and get like every score most championship games are won by a couple of points and if that comes down to a sideline quick sideline or sideline cut over the bear like Joe Cannings then people are going to look into it and they're going to say well we have the skill now to pull this off but um, I don't know what was that but I, I must say Desi, Desi Hutchinson really impressed me because I obviously marked him and, and thought it was difficult to mark but that was on a, a lot of good supply of ball I thought the other day he was getting onto breaks of balls um, and he was coming you know it wasn't just the supply he got in and his work rate is really good like that work for team functions on work rate in the forward line because it allows their half back line to sit back but I think he is catalyst for that and by God he's tearing around the place just putting pressure on lads and Derek McGrath tried that before but he mightn't have had that pace and that that uh, that pace around the forward line and in fairness Liam Cal he dropped a couple of lads at the start of the year because he said he wanted players that were able to move and by God they are moving yeah, Hutchinson had two goals like really early in the game. Um, JJ, like it was when Tony yeah. Kelly was down getting treat getting treated. His second goal, I think, it was from a puck out where Gleeson and Cleary challenged for it and it bounced. Like, I mean, it's very rare you'll see a puck out bouncing, isn't it? Like, I mean, they got it so they got it so wrong, Gleeson and Cleary. They did, yeah, but you have to appreciate um, Desi's kind of skill. So he rose it, flicked it with the hand, didn't take it in the hand, flicked it up and, and finished it because he had to took it in the hand um, to keep her. Evan Quilligan would have came out on top of him straight away but he was so quick with the hands rose it up flicked it with the hand and straight into the into the goal as well his, his confidence was through the roof there as well but look again you'd have to appreciate Walford as well they went for a couple of goals in the first 10-15 minutes when the note was on um, first, especially with the first goal Stephen Bennett could have very easily took his point there as well he got the ball around 40-45 yards out could have took the handy score but actually took, took the man on 
broke the tackle and, and turned it into Austin Ingo Austin turned it into Desi there as well or Austin took the shot and the keeper was saved and Desi was and like all good corner forwards was there for the scraps as well so in fairness there was a good bit of um, intent then for this Waterford team there as well that they were going to go on and, and take over this game as much as possible yeah, and they kind of did take it over. There were seven points up, Paddy. It was a brilliant first half, really, because there were so many scores and it ebbed and flowed. Claire came back into the game, roaring back into it, really, with Aaron Shanahan. They did, yeah. Um, no, it was. I, I watched and I said that I thought the level was so high. Um, there was so much intensity, but the skill with it was, was unbelievable. But it was funny with Shanahan up front. Um, like, I think Prunty is obviously a brilliant player, one of the best fullbacks, but he's so used to being the stronger man. Do you know, I, I think it talks about like Fenley is, or sorry, uh, Sean Finn for Limerick last year with Fenley. Colin Fenley started pushed him over for a goal in the semi. I think the same applied here when you're so used to being a stronger man. And then all of a sudden, there's always somebody going to be bigger at you than you at some stage. And he was able to physically dominate him. I think Prunty really, really, you know, suffered because he's not used to just being a spoiler. He's used to being a dominator. And in fairness to Shanahan, he's, he's an absolute tank. Um, so he really kept him in that game. They were they were under serious, serious pressure. But uh, I think without, you know, if he didn't catch that goal, even, even only getting one of those goals, maybe Watford would have been out the door at halftime. Well, that was it. It was kind of like uh, Clare were hanging on, JJ. And even yeah. in the second yeah. half, they needed that McCarthy goal to get back into it. And then Waterford were able to respond to that with four points. And they almost had a chance with Cunningham. Stephen O'Keefe made a brilliant save. But it was like Clare were hanging on. Yeah, they were hanging on. And, and the Waterford lads now were working very, very hard. Even like Jack Fagan now put in a massive, massive shift there in the second half there as well. But the scene just wanted that, that bit more than, than, than clear there as well. Yeah, the only thing that Liam Carlin, that's what you alluded to there as well, that they coughed up a couple of goal opportunities there in the second half as well, which if they had got that clear, could have went on and stole the game, you know, and, and all the, the work and, and the hurling that Warford done could have been gone out the window just because of them a couple of, couple of chances. I'd say he looked back and that now is something that he can't afford to cough up now next weekend as well. But yeah, no, from start to finish, I thought Warford were, were the better team. They looked fresh. They looked just be up for the battle. They were chasing in, in packs there as well. They were, they were absolutely brilliant, I'll be fair to watch. You'd be tired looking at the forwards running around the place as well because just leave Desi Hutchins, probably the main lad in that full forwarding, but then Austin moves around the place and, and, um, and Jack Pendergast moves around the place there as well. So they leave that one lad up front, but the rest of the lads work out into the half forwarding, which allows another half forward to go into midfield and helps out the, the half back. But again, I have to say, Jamie Barron gave an exhibition in midfield again. He was absolutely unbelievable. He was, he was everywhere. At and go to Warford on, he was in the middle of he had two assists, two points from play, and he probably could have got another, another couple of points from play there as well, just to finish off. But brilliant, another brilliant performance from Jamie Barron. He was brilliant against against Cork. He was a bit subdued against Limerick, and then he was back to his best player against Clare as well. Brian, Brian Lowen commented on like, and like I mean, you don't want to bring it back down to work rate and energy, but he said Waterford had great energy all over the field, and we were kind of talking about this, Paddy, how a manager gets his team to have that energy where another manager asks for it and doesn't get it. Yeah, I, do, I suppose um, I suppose Liam Cal has has an aura. Uh, I think he's been successful. I think his reputation of being tough, but he's a winner. So I suppose them Waterford lads are starved of it and they say, well, if this guy is a winner, we'll do whatever he says. And, and, and he picked, but that's, you were looking for an energetic team. It's up to the manager to pick an energetic team as well. And he has to pick out, okay, you, pick, you can pick a talented player. It's very, very simple to pick, pick a talented player. But the talent of having the energy and the mental strength to keep going and going, I suppose that's a huge part of what he has, what he's shown over the last few years. So he has it. And they say a manager reflects the players, then the team reflect their manager. And, you know, it does. And Mikey Beaven's included in that. And I, I think apart from energy, though, they've, unbelievable way of playing there's not too many balls hit long without a reason for it being hit long you see even um, the likes of Callum Lyons coming out with ball uh, Jamie Barron when he has a Kieran Bennett I think he's so underrated at the minute and Stephen Bennett they're taking a lot out of the ball they're looking up they're throwing in men they're seeing what are the possibilities as Jay just said for, for the goal Stephen Bennett took it in when you know it wasn't really on but they're really really playing at a different level apart even from having that energy yeah, uh, Conor Gleeson came back on, JJ. Does he come back into the team? He came back on, but he was playing kind of um, centre-forward, midfield centre-forward area. I, th- I was expecting him to go into the backs, to be honest with you, and get him a few uh, minutes under his belt to see can he come back into that uh, full-back line there for maybe next next week or something like that. But look, he might might yet do that, but good to see him back on there again. And another option too to Watford. But just go back to your initial question there as well, Willie. I'd say a lot of these players underperformed last year there as well. And I'd say a lot of them kind of looked themselves in the mirror and said, right, 
last year wasn't good enough. I'm going to have to put in a, a big shift now pre-season as well. And with Liam Cal coming on and doing what he's done and preaching what he's preaching, I think there was a buy-in from both individual players and and the management team. It's kind of a perfect storm for this Waterford team at the moment. Yeah, he definitely has something about him, um, Liam Cal. Uh, very, very, very honest, to be fair. Even before the match, he didn't skirt around. But I think Dave McIntyre asked him about um, Austin Gleeson. And he just said he has to work harder. He's simple as that. He has to work harder. You know, so honestly like that, no, you just can't. It's just any players would, would appreciate that would appreciate that as well. The top player within that panel is being not criticised, but challenged by the management at all costs there as well. So it's a big thing for the whole panel to see. Well, and, and I suppose, Paddy, if, if you have a manager who tactically hasn't a clue what he's doing, is a bit of a spoofer challenging your big player, you know, your big player might throw his eyes up to heaven. Or if you're asked to work to work hard for a fella who doesn't know what he's talking about tactically, it might be like, oh, well, it's not always hard work. And, you know, and there'd be kind of bitching going on within the squad. I suppose you do get that hard work and you can afford to challenge Austin Gleeson. If you back it up on the training pitch, you back it up with your system, you back it up with your tactics, changing things around for different games and the players all believe in you and you're pretty much in a position Liam Cal is in then where you weren't now are the man calling the shots well he's proven himself he's he's kind of revolutionised them even from Derek McGrath's I think a lot of people thought it would take years to switch from an out-and-out sweeper to, to having more of a fifth. Not saying they're completely fifteen on fifteen, but they are shoving up. Uh, they're not giving the other team a, a, an orthodox sweeper. Um, but he has been able to change it so quickly. Um, but I'd say it goes back to what they see in the training ground. Obviously, they heard the rumours, what he's like or whatever. We all have friends in other counties, but he uh, he has gone in and obviously what he's about has impressed them. Uh, as JJ said, they've underperformed. I think at the end of Derek's reign, it was more a comfort thing. It was more he was a father figure to him. Yeah. And Liam is certainly not like that as a person, and apparently as a manager. What what is what is he like? What is he like then? Apparently, as a manager, like a probably a bit more like uh, probably more of a coach. Obviously, he's not Liam or Brian Cody, but he's probably more that ilk of of tough love. Right. Uh, of expecting high standards, of expecting his players to be resol- uh, have have resolve, and I'd say what it is is um, that the you know the toughest will survive with him. Um, I would really say that, and it probably seems harsh on some people in this society in, in this in twenty twenty, <laughs> but uh, I think that's what he's trying to breathe, and as he's done better and better that works more and more because now the Waterford guys are saying well this 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 man has won All-Ireland medals at various grades um, this is our chance we think we have the manager now he believes in us well why can't we go and win it yeah, there's definitely a bit of steel to him on the sideline, JJ. Like, I mean, you know, you see Liam Sheedy has a bit of steel to him. You can you can see it now. You know, like, I mean, you didn't do too bad under uh, a manager who rules with an iron fist, I suppose. So if he's anything like uh, like Brian Cody. Yeah, no, he's good. He's um, just, again, going back to the, the weekend, he was on the sideline there for the match Saturday as well. He's just, Austin went to get the ball turned and hit across the field. He got blocked down. Well, Liam Cal lit him up take him on, take the man on, Austin, get the ball and take him on the next time. That's what he was roaring at. He was running 10 yards away from him. You could hear every single word he was saying. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was brilliant, brilliant to see. Like, and I suppose that's the only one of the good things that you, for there's no cloud, you can hear all the, the management calls in from, from the line there as well. But, um, yeah, look, he, he's been, look, he's improved himself so far. He proved himself in the league as well. First Monster Championship win in a few years. Um, very competitive in the, Monster final, but they had to win the game of the weekend just to get into an Ireland semi final there again. So that's the standards he's setting for this particular team there as well. And look, he going into that match Saturday, he's, he'll be hoping to get into an Ireland final. That's that's the only thing in him Carl's headed to. Is he? Is he, are his messages all positive, JJ? Like, I mean, is he? You know, that Gleeson, he's not. You know, fucking him out of it. He's telling oh, him. He was telling him, taking him on. I said that's their mentality. Is um, any time to half forward gets it, you take your man on as as much as you can there as well. Because you're either draw or free. You'll break the tackle and get your score up yourself, or else you'll be held up and you'll, have a, you'll always have someone coming off your shoulder, Jamie Barnes, someone that coming off your shoulder. No, it is it is positive all the time, to be fair. Right, OK, right. Well, we'll go for performance of the weekend from this match, lads. Desi Hutchinson is the obvious one. We've probably talked about him. The f- his finish for his second goal was incredible. He gave another lovely pass to Montgomery when he came on and obviously the pass to Fagan. It was kind of uh, an, an all an, an all action performance, which it always is. Um, Liam Cal said afterwards, he's shown that with his club He's cl- shown that with his club belly gunner. Until you do it on the big scene at inter-county level, question marks would always be there. This man tries so hard on training. It's all, He's always trying to improve himself. And I read that 
in the, as in Liam Cal is saying, listen, Desi, you're a great player for Bally Gunner, but I want to see you do it now for what if like he's challenging Desi Hutchinson and tell, instead of telling him he's great, he's challenging him to do it at the very top level. And now I'm sure he's able to, you know, enforce that now this week and tell Desi, now you've done it. Now you're, uh, you know, at a, at a, operating at a higher level. Yeah, well, uh, I, sorry, JJ. Um, I, I'd say that's going back to Liam Cal again. He's telling him, I want more out of you. But when he does do it, he's, he's building up his... Um, He's building up his his confidence then afterwards, um, and saying, "Look, if you follow my direction, you will actually you will you will do well." So, um, good management again. But again, I think uh, I think he showed a bit more this weekend that he's able to win primary ball, breaking ball. It doesn't always have to be nice for him. Yeah, I think JJ Austin Gleeson's a great file for him in there. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, but in fairness to to to, to Daisy as well, and and think Liam knows as well, and. Desi Hutchins is probably the player that Watford were missing over the last three or four years. If Desi Hutchins was around the time they got the other final, you never know what would have happened. He's a finish. He's a natural finisher, a natural corner forward as well. He speeds. He can turn. His turn. He can turn on the sixpence there as well. He's a cornerback's absolute nightmare. But in saying that, now Rory Hayes done a great job on him as well. Like, they had a fantastic battle the two of them, mm-hmm. Rory Hayes and Desi Hutchins. But he is very. He's. He has to play for this Watford formation to work. It's all well and good, uh, as Paddy said previously as well. Have the workers on the team, but you need the finishers there as well. And he is the out-and-out finisher that Watford and we're crying out for for the last four or five years. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned Jamie Barron already. He was outstanding. Um, you've mentioned Kieran Bennett, uh, JJ. He he was outstanding in the second half. Yeah, he's brilliant. I think he's been consistently very good over the last... I think um, he's just very, very good for, for a team. Um, he just knows what he's going to do. He does a lot of hurling now. He marks their kind of main guy there as well. And he marked Keane Lynch there in the Limerick game as well, but he still got a couple, got a point off him as well. He got three points there last weekend as well. But he covers again, covers a huge amount of ground. Their the S and C coach must be must be absolutely fantastic because these guys are just bouncing off the ground now at the moment. His brother Shane Bennett, Paddy, he, you'd almost say he's in all-star kind of form if they were to beat Kilkenny. Like, I mean, I thought his brother, um, or his brother St- uh, Stephen Bennett, rather, I thought his brother... Yeah, you're saying Shane, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought Shane was the better player, but Stephen is in all-star territory this year. Yeah, I remember having this conversation with the two of you a few years ago, but um, we won't bring it up. But no, look, I, 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 I'm long on record saying I, I marked Stephen Bennett, probably one of his first league matches, maybe, I think. And not that he went to town, but I could see there's something with this lad, a lot of confidence. He was trying things other lads wouldn't. But I think he's he's the forward in Watford that kind of they want Austin Gleeson to be in a way. He mightn't be as skillful as him, but he 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 is the one, he's the catalyst. He's taken a lot of responsibility. And when he gets it, he's always looking to probe. Is there a goal on? Is there a goal? And he will take a shot now. A couple of times he could have let balls in and it, but I think they worked out for him. But he really is the and I remember that for that under twenty one team. Again, he's a great variety. He said, I remember he set up an unbelievable goal uh, against Tip, I think, in a Munster final, where he flicked it up over his head. You could probably see it on YouTube. But he was doing similar things for their seniors now. And now that he's out centre forward and he's in the action all the time, I think you can really see um, really how good he is. Yeah, he seems to be better out there as well. For Claire, I suppose Aaron Shanahan is the obvious one, uh, JJ. When you see Aaron Shanahan playing like that, and then you see, geez, he's not guaranteed, he's not always on it. What what am I missing here, JJ? I think there was a couple of injuries that was curtailing him there for, for a while there as well, but um, I think it was the last game he was injured, so that before. But look, yeah, he's been very, very good, very strong as well. Um, he caused Conor Prunty a world of hurt there for around 10, 15 minutes. But in fairness to Conor, after that, now he didn't try and go catch it, he tried to spoil him after that, no. He kind of got on top of Aaron in, in the second after as well. But just on the clear point of view, uh, Rory Hayes is a great game cornerback. But Cotton Malone, he scored four points from play. Yeah. Done a huge amount of work for Clare there as well. And he was up and down the field. But unfortunately, when they need him, he was probably back in his half back then, um, clearing the ball up to where he, where he should have been himself. But a fantastic game for Clare there as well. Yeah, no, I think Cotton Malone did. I think he's uh, he was the one of the best himself and Shanahan and Hayes. Yeah, they were probably the three best uh, ones for you. They all must be excited for Clare when you see Shanahan in that form, and then the fellas to come back next year. So maybe Brian Lohan has some stuff to to you know to build on there. Desi Hutchinson his performance of the weekend, lads. You'd have to you'd have to say he was absolutely outstanding. It's great to see him making the step up. I want to give a shout out to Kerry um, here, Paddy, who are in the Joe McDonough Cup final. They had a brilliant win against Carlo. 
um, down in Kerry. Carlo went two points ahead in the 65th minute and then Kerry think they scored the last four points in a row um, to win by two. Shane Conway got eight. Daniel Collins got uh, 2-1. Um, so that's a huge result for Kerry, Kerry Hurling. And when they had to do it and beat a big team like Carlo, let's be honest, Carlo were a big team who have been won the Joe McDonough Cup before and who are operating in Division 1B. That's a huge win for Kerry. Uh, it is. It's massive. And I think I like the way they, they have a grade now. They have, they have proper teams against each other. Um, and I think it, it lifts the... like. I saw Down and Kildare a lot of that match uh, yesterday as well, or over the weekend as well, and the skill levels are just improving all the time. And I, I think before long, one or two of these teams can really make a, a proper step up. But um, brilliant for Kerry down there. I know a lot of tip coaches have gone down to them, so they are. I suppose it's like the opposite. Tipperary won the football the weekend, and Kerry won the hurling, so it's usually the other way around. So fair play to them. Yeah, no, that's good. Fitted O'Connor was talking after the game and talking about the honour of going to Croke Park. He says it's a massive Franny hurler or footballer around the country as they dream about playing there. He said, I heard Fionnan McKessie at the appeal hearing on Thursday talking openly to, to the committee about how getting to Croke Park meant so much to him and how he didn't want to cost his teammates the chance to get there. So he obviously was sent off in the last round. He won, he won his appeal and he spoke openly with the committee and talked about how, please let me play. I don't want to get the blame for him not making to Croke Park. You know what I mean? I can imagine, you know, not 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 bad tactics to use um, at the appeal. No, I just think the 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 big point about that is how desperate people are to play in Croke Park. And I remember the down manager saying that that it's so unbelievable to get to play there. And it just, you know, you feel like maybe people should be playing there more. It's like when we were younger, I didn't get to play in Simple Stadium until I was a county minor. Never played there before that. I don't, and that's changed now. You get a lot of primary game in there and stuff like that, primary county finals. But I think Croke Park should be a little bit more like that. I mean, if you represent your county at all for a couple of years, you should have had a chance to play in Croke Park, even if there's only stewards looking at you. You know, I'd, like every look, look how much it means to the downlands to get in there. Kildare lads, I know, probably played there before, but you know, it, there'll never be a problem with that pitch. There's so much money gone into it uh, and time gone into it. So it's something that you know, I, I certainly remember my first time playing. And how special it was. So I think everyone, you know, anyone who who gets to that level should certainly get the chance to do it. Yeah, in a way, JJ, we're spoiled in Leinster in that we'd play Leinster quarterfinals, Leinster semi-finals there, and maybe we take it for granted a little bit. Yeah, you would. Um, yeah, hundred um, percent. Look, but you still get a buzz out whenever the fixture comes out. It is in Crow Park. You still get a buzz out of that, and you drive up. Uh, Jones Road to get into Crow Park, it's just phenomenal. Like you know what I mean? That is hundred percent right. Every player should get the, the opportunity just to hug out and. Look, the, the field, after spending so much money on the stadium and the field, and why not show it off to, to all the counties, really, not just the ones to get to the, the Allardons or, or the, the finals themselves as well. There should be somewhere around it, to be honest with you, yeah. Yeah, big shout out to Kildare as well, lads, who won the Christie Ring. Um, they were winning by five points after the 66th minute and then down got it down to a point. So great character shown by them. And then Kildare got the last two um, scores from a free, from freeze to win by three in the end. So they're in the Joe McDonough Cup um, now, Paddy, you were watching a little bit of this one. Yeah, I thought I was actually, you know, not taken aback, shouldn't be, but it just shows how much things are improving. I think every county, you know, um, are trying to progress now with the hurling, and, and they're probably being well funded, thank, thankfully. But um, the skill, I, I really think the skill levels were excellent on the day. Um, I thought their game plans were good. They knew her, the touch was excellent. Uh, the only place I saw fall down is they probably don't have the best athletes in the county are probably playing the football um, so they probably don't have the raw size and speed of some of the other counties and then the, a couple of times you could see the decision making when there's too many maybe a couple of players around them that they might clear it long when in fairness when they had any bit of time they were trying to find their man so I really and some of the score taking was absolutely phenomenal um, so I was really impressed and you know what it's 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 a different it's it's enjoyable maybe because the top inter county lads are so fit that they're covering too much ground that it's hard to get space but these lads are really able to display how good they were right right so let maybe they're letting the ball do the work a little bit more David Herity obviously is over them um, JJ an old teammate yep. of yours. Yeah, yeah, he was absolutely delighted after now. Um, look, he's been a lot of work in the clear team the last probably 18 months there as well. He's over him that. So, yeah, he was delighted to start the year. We got to, got to the final one, Chris Ring. He would have been up to you over the moon. Um, but he's seen me, he's getting a, a huge response there from the, the players. Not only the players, the, the clubs in Clare, I think, had a huge buy into the whole thing there as well. So, yeah, look, they got a great start of the goal in the first couple of minutes and down came back and they couldn't really kind of get past the, the goal that, that Clare got. They got a goal just before half time there as well. So, 
Yeah, no, I agree with Paddy. The, the skill levels were, were very, very good now as well, to be fair, and they're moving the ball very well, and they're breaking lines uh, as, as what they're doing. But it looked well if they finished as well. Um, yeah, but going back to David, he's absolutely over the moon now as well, so he is. So, um, look, great finish here for, for the lads as well, so you can look forward to the Joe McDonough there next year again. Yeah, by all accounts from David, he was talking after the game that he had gone back to Ute and they had two good minor teams and he's bringing a lot of them uh, through. So they're in the Joe McDonough Cup now. So maybe we might need to watch this space um, with Kildare if they have good minor teams coming coming through. Shout out to Donegal as well, who won the Nicky Rackard. Um, at least some team in Donegal is celebrating this morning and unlike the footballers, maybe that's who they were they were banking on at the weekend. So big shout out to Donegal for that, lads. Um, we'll leave it there, boys, because we're out of time. Um, we'll be back on Thursday and we'll preview the all semi semi-finals. Two brilliant games, local derby, Waterford and Kilkenny. And then we have the repeat of the 2017 final um, when Galway were, back, were favourites back then, Galway and Limerick. So can't wait for that. We'll talk to you all then. Good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on the... We're trying hard to make it through, but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm, har- I'm heartbroken. I let it go, cause I won't see you later, and we're not allowed to talk it out.